Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on 600 AM KGEZ with Anthony Knockreiner and his show, The Knock on Sports. That'll be coming up in just a minute. Wanted to hit a few news items before I get to that interview with Anthony because lots of stuff happening at fieldgoals.com. We heard earlier in the week the Seahawks pick up a fifth round pick from the Pittsburgh Steelers, sending Nick Vanette. And as Seattle moves on from Vanette, they pick up Luke Wilson, former Seahawks tight end. So John Gilbert asked the question at fieldgoals.com, could the return of Luke Wilson signal an increased workload for Rashad Penny, noting the blocking scheme that Luke Wilson excelled at could benefit Rashad Penny a little bit more than Chris Carson. So check that out. Another move, the Seahawks promoted Adrian Colbert from the practice squad. Colbert was a former safety for the San Francisco 49ers. Initially, the Seahawks waived wide receiver Gary Jennings. He would have been the first 2019 draft pick to be waived by the Seahawks. But instead, the Seahawks rescind that waiver and keep Jennings on the roster. Brian Monet, the defensive tackle, waived instead. And so that was an interesting turn of events. Also looking at Wednesday and Thursday's injury report for the Seahawks going into the weekend, Dwayne Brown and Quentin Jefferson sat out practice on both Wednesday and Thursday. Ziggy Onza, after practicing in a limited fashion on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Friday and if he'll be in the game once again this weekend. Ethan Posick went from being a limited participant on Wednesday to not participating on Thursday. Rashad Penny and Nico Thorpe, who didn't participate Wednesday, they actually practiced in a limited fashion on Thursday. So uh, a few players to watch there on Friday and to see how their status changes. Puna Ford, Trey Flowers, Travis Homer, all limited on Thursday and Friday. Tedrick Thompson, a full participant these last two days, had been out with a hamstring injury. Lano Hill filling in well. And Pete Carroll this week in press conferences, making it sound like the competition is on. Between Tedrick Thompson and Lano Hill for the starting lineup. And as we go into Sunday's matchup with the 0-2-1 Cardinals, the Seahawks 2-1, and and hoping to close out September as a 3-1 football team, check out Kenneth Arthur's 5 Q's and A's with Seth Cox of Revenge of the Birds. And that's right up on the front page at fieldgoals.com. Check that all out. And if you're looking for more Seahawks content, you can go on over to seahawkerspodcast.com. Adam and I go through and break down all of the coaching decisions that helped lead to the loss against the Saints. You'll want to check that out, seahawkerspodcast.com. And here's my interview with Anthony Knockreiner on 600 KGEZ as I look back to the loss against the Saints and also look ahead to the game against the Cardinals. Welcome back. We're inside the 600 KGEZ studios, and joining me right now is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, always a pleasure to have you on the show once again, even though this time, not so great results. Yeah, first regular season loss of the season for the Seahawks, and they did it in pretty spectacular fashion by giving up touchdowns in every every phase of the game to the Saints. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, it was just, I mean, I, I guess that was really the the telling you know, marker of the day was, you know, Pete Carroll gets uh, his nose bloody. I mean, it just, it was a bad day at the office. It it started off poorly and it never really got better from there. (laughs) And the team didn't help Pete out at all either with the, you know, between getting early penalties and the early punt return and then Carson coughing up the football yet again. It's just, uh, that was 
everything that could have gone wrong, including Pete Carroll making some questionable calls throughout the game and in terms of coaching decisions, every one of those worked out against him. I was about to say, do you just chalk this game up as just a, you know, just one of those games, you know what, just everything that could go wrong, it went wrong. Forget about it. Put it away. Is that what you do with that game? <laughs> well, I think you have to. I, I don't. I, you can't dwell on it. You do have to go back though and learn from your mistakes as a team and say, you know, you can't give up penalties in these situations. You have to be able to cover on a on a punt return. You have to be able to, you know, you have to be able. To, and I think Coach Carroll evaluates himself too and saying, you know, in in some of these fourth down situations, I probably shouldn't have gone for it, and maybe it would have turned out to be a different un- outcome if we had just punted the ball away and not been so aggressive. What would, do you think was said more? Do you think it was just the Seahawks' mistakes, or do you think with Teddy Bridgewater now the Saints are just as dangerous? Well, I do think with Alvin Kamara that the Saints are very da- dangerous, and I do give a lot of credit to Teddy Bridgewater because he took care of the football. You know, one of the concerns was, or one of the hopes as a Seahawks fan was, is that you'd go out there and in previous games teams hadn't put a whole lot of pressure on him and yet he went out and made mistakes and I think that was evident of the fact that the Seahawks only chose to blitz Teddy Bridgewater five times in this game and on each of those five plays uh, I think Bridgewater was 100% on his completions so that's why you don't blitz him you allow him to make some mistakes but he took care of the football well and even on a rainy day yeah, I was going to say, do you have you any concerns about the offense? Because I thought they'd be able to at least keep pace with some of those mistakes. I I do. I the the offense is slow to start. They have been through this year. They have been in past seasons throughout the first part of each season. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned. And the biggest concern for me is Chris Carson. You know, he he was yeah. slipping all over the field yesterday. So whether that was an equipment issue. Uh, a couple situations that was an offensive line blocking issue and he was trying to dodge guys in the backfield as you know as he immediately got the ball so i'm curious to see what the seahawks and how they're going to handle him moving forward pete carroll not wanting to ruin carson's confidence is saying you know hey we're doing the things to get him ready to go next week and maybe he has a get right game against the cardinals if he doesn't Gosh, you're looking for Penny, you're looking for Procise, and maybe even Travis Homer to, in those short yardage situations because Carson wasn't even able to get the short yardage plays that he's normally you accustomed you're, you're accustomed to seeing him get. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you look at this week against Arizona. I know we'll get into this game here in a little bit more, but I feel like this has to be a game for him where okay, you, you one just show you're not going to fumble, but just kind of have that rebound game over a hundred yards, a touchdown, something like that, just to be effective. And I don't even know if you need 100 yards to have a rebound game, just enough plays to get in there, feel comfortable, not lose the football, because now going forward, he has that he has that stigma on him where the defense is going, OK, watch for the football, watch for your opportunities, because Carson has presented opportunities in each of these first three games. Look for where you can punch the football out. And now I feel like the defense on the other side of the ball is going to be looking for it more, which could lead to more fumbles. And then, uh, Brandon, uh, uh, moving past this Saints game, let's talk about a trade that happened uh, for the Seahawks, moving Varnett to, I believe that's how you say Vanette. it. Vanette, my bad, um, to the Pittsburgh Steelers and then bringing back Luke Wilson. Yeah, interesting move for the Seahawks. Uh, Nick Vanette was you know, going into, uh, he's late on his rookie deal now, so uh, they get rid of him for a fifth-round draft pick from the Steelers. They need a tight end with Vance McDonald having a, a shoulder issue. And I feel like Luke Wilson, it's 
it's definitely I, do, I wouldn't call it a downgrade. I may even call it an upgrade over what we've seen from Nick Vanette because some of his his run blocking issues that he's had so far, he's been pretty good in the past game. But if he can't, there's been some bad situations where he's just gotten destroyed or or hasn't uh, even picked up a block. And I think Luke Wilson's going to be an upgrade, at least on the blocking side. Well, I was going to say with Will Disley, where do you kind of feel like for him? I mean, he's been pretty good. He's got a couple of touchdowns here in consecutive games. Uh, obviously, they kind of did draft him for his blocking ability. Uh, is Will Disley now the number one tight end? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he's the complete package. You you get the blocking, you get the pass catching, you, you get the touchdown catching. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he has 12 catches so far this season and three of them are for touchdowns. So 25 percent. Not bad for what you're looking at for your tight ends. I, I guess if I went over and looked at Jimmy Graham's stats, uh, that Will Disley's probably looking a lot better at this point. So far, that would be, I think that would be the case. Right now, we're here with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast as we're talking about the Seahawks. We'll talk about their, their upcoming game against the Arizona Cardinals. They get to see Kyler Murray and company. We'll talk about that next year on the Knock On Sports. We enter week four of the NFL season, and Brandon Schultz joins me from the Seahawkers and Field Coals podcast. Joining me in studio is uh, now the Seahawks turn their attention uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona sitting at 0-2-1 right now. Uh, Brandon, will you guys get to see this, this number one overall pick, Kyler Murray? So far, do you feel like he's going to be a threat? So far, I I haven't seen too much out of him that does worry me. You know, he had, I think, week two was his best game of the year so far. But he had a heck of a time against the Cardinals defense. I think he was sacked eight times. Uh, the Carolina defense, excuse me. Uh, so the Panthers getting after him. And it wasn't even so much the offensive line. It's just, you know, he's not being able to, you know, he, the sacks are on him, not so right. much his offensive line. And when he was completing passes, there were a lot of short passes. He was four yards per attempt against the Panthers. So everything pretty short. And I think, you know, he came out and he said that he, he felt like their offense got predictable. And it, I think so. If you're not going to challenge the defense down the field and they can just sit back and zone and watch what you're going to do. And it kind of takes away that running threat. If they don't have to, if, if they don't have to worry about the ball getting behind them, then yeah, your offense does become predictable. So, you know, that might, it'll be interesting to see how the Cardinals respond to that. If they start taking more deep shots against the Seahawks, who traditionally that's what they tend to take away and they try and, and get a team to, dink and dunk down the field so are the cardinals going to take advantage of what the seahawks give them or are they going to get away with with what they've been doing so far this season who concerns you more because i mean larry's had a couple of nice games david johnson's had a couple of nice games as well who's more concerning as kyler's first offensive weapon i feel like christian kirk's kind of becoming that guy for oh, the okay. cardinals and i mean you do worry about larry because he is that veteran receiver i worry about him more in the red zone uh and if the cardinals aren't getting toward the red zone then, maybe, matter. then maybe it doesn't matter but uh, david johnson he's had some struggles and i don't know if it's all his fault or his blocking up ahead of him the, the offensive line for the cardinals has been a struggle this year so i'm that I'm, that makes me happy knowing that uh the Seahawks with their front four, they've had a hard time getting to the quarterback. So this could be a get right game for them as well. 
And when they get and when Kyler Murray's been pressured this year, he's he's had a tough time. I was about to say, too, is, you know, Kyler Murray hasn't really impressed me. And the experiment so far with Cliff Kingsbury hasn't really impressed me. Um, do, do you think that we've already kind of seen what this is, how this is going to turn out? Or do you think there still needs to give it time? I, I think you still have to give it time. Three games into the NFL season. I don't know if it's quite enough, especially when you do have a rookie quarterback and you're trying to get him. Uh, I think the more concerning thing for the Cardinals is how much their defense has struggled, you know, with Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator and, you know, giving up the amount of touchdowns that they did to the Carolina Panthers backup quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, they fortunately they keep it close. They are able to at least get the tie against the Lions. But, you know, it's for their defense to be given up what they have been. I would be very concerned as a Cardinals fan, more so on that side of the football. Well, I was about to say, speaking of their defense, this seems like a really nice time for the Seahawks offense to kind of take advantage of that Cardinals defense and have a feast. And and that's what I'm hoping for for Chris Carson is that he can go and, and he can he can be a dominant force again. And because I'm not I'm I'm glad Pete Carroll's not ready to give up on a guy like Chris Carson just yet, because when he goes out and has the the, the season that he has last year, you know, Pro Bowl caliber type season with over thirteen hundred yards and he only fumbled three times all of last season. He's already at that mark this season. And I just don't know how a guy can regress like that from, from that season to this season. It feels like he has to just get it figured out and, and he can be that same type of player. They're fortunate that they have a former first round pick and Rashad Penny that, you know, maybe can come in and, and once he heals up from this hamstring issue, issue, issue that, uh, uh, that he can be uh, the the guy who can fill in behind uh, Penny if he can't get it figured out. Well, I was going to say too that was an interesting thing because my worry was like, okay, Chris Carson's probably going to have in the back of his mind, okay, if I struggle, Penny's going to come in for me. But then Penny go down with the injury, and I'm like, okay, well, Carson then knows he's like, all right, this is going to be on me. This is my full load, everything. And and I'm curious to see if that'll be the case this week. We'll see how Penny if he's available. But that's kind of that option again for for Carson not to have to worry about Penny because I think that is a factor a little bit. Yeah, he needs to get a couple games under his belt to where he doesn't have that just right in the forefront of his mind that he has to you know, to watch out for the uh, to having the ball stripped because I think that's. I think that may have come into play when he's in those short yarded situations that he's he's thinking about it too much rather than looking for the hole, rather than picking up the first down. And, you know, it's kind of like with your golf swing, right? If you're mm-hmm. thinking about too many things through your golf swing, you're, you're it, it, it brings you down rather than frees you to, to make plays. Oh, like my golf game, it just ends up uh, slicing to the right. <laughs> right. And, and you're thinking about it the whole time when you're gripping it, right? Don't slice to the right. Don't slice to the right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my featured guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast, as well as the Field Goals podcast. Now time to make some NFL picks. Brandon, once again, you have beaten me. Uh, that's three straight weeks that you have won. You're going down this week here in week number four. <laughs> I'm not, you know that. I, I mean, I know you bring me on as the expert to make picks, so maybe that you shouldn't be surprised by the fact that I'm dominating you in this. I know, but at least I kind of want to win. I'm supposed to be the sports talk show host. I'm supposed to know these things, you know? I'm supposed to not be this bad. Um, but we got some pretty good games this weekend, a lot better than I would say last week. Uh, Thursday Night Football, uh, this one's going to be on Fox, Eagles at Green Bay. Uh, Eagles have been right there. They just haven't had their wide receivers 
I'll be able to make the game winning touch, make the game winning catch. Yeah, and you got uh, Aguilar getting called out in social media by uh, local firefighters, which is kind of fun. <laughs> but but uh, I like the Packers in this game. A short week, the Packers are on their home field, and the Packers defense. I I'm starting to think that they might be legit. I kind of agree with you. I think Green Bay gets another win which disappoints me because now that means all my Packer buddies are going to be happy. Uh, next one, Titans at Falcons. I'm taking the Falcons. Ooh, I'm going to take the Titans. This seems like a mistake by you. Oh, it'd be the, the Falcons one. aren't good this year. I don't know if the Titans are that good either, but well, it seems like say. when you start to count the Titans out, those are the games that they actually win. It's a, it's a very weird team that way. AFC South is just weird in general. It is. Uh, Washington at the New York Giants. Uh, we're not going to see Dwayne Haskins because I think that'd be a great matchup. Dwayne Haskins versus Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I think I'm putting myself behind on the Daniel Jones train after his win over Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> that one still hurts. Uh, I'm it does me too you. because I <laughs> you did I pick him, pick but yeah. Box. Well, I, I never mind. I, <laughs> I, I got a lot of ranting and raving about that, but I'm gonna agree with you. I think Daniel Jones does a nice job. Giants get another win behind their rookie quarterback. Chargers, Dolphins, easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's will Miami score the least amount of points in the league yet again? They, they, they at least were close for a half last week. Hey, they, they got the job done for a half. Raiders at Colts. Colts have been a kind of a surprise. They have been. And Raiders going on the road. Uh, you know what? This is this is too much uh, hype for the Colts. I'm going Raiders on this one. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the Colts. So far, I've picked against the Colts numerous times and I've lost on this one. So <laughs> I'm going to go against it. Another good one. Uh, but I think it's better because Kyle Allen's playing instead of Cam Newton against Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Who you take? I will take the Texans on this one. Uh, I, The Panthers against the Cardinals, I'm not going to get super hyped up about the fact that they beat Arizona, but it does look like the Panthers may have the better quarterback starting now, and you got to wonder when Cam Newton, you know, if he if he gets right, if Kyle Allen keeps this up, yeah, you stick with the hot hand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving down to the Chiefs at the Lions. The Lions are 2-0-1 here, Brandon. Yes, the undefeated uh detroit lions i think is what you meant to say yeah well, I don't, can, can they be undefeated with one tie sure yeah they, they didn't get defeated all right they, you wouldn't call them perfect but no uh, no i would not <laughs> definitely not in their wins either i'm gonna go chiefs it, it, they will they will take an l this week i think yeah it's gonna be a, a pass happy game i think detroit's gonna be trying to throw the football which is fine with me i got marvin jones on my hey, uh, there you go fantasy football team uh, Baker Mayfield and the struggling Browns against the Baltimore Ravens. Gosh, they should have at least been able to tie up that game against the Rams. They really should this, have. That weird fourth and nine draw play. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I, I think Freddie Kitchens, again, not trying to shake anything off of him, but I really think they went the wrong way with not keeping Greg Williams. Yeah, and he, maybe he's buying into to some of the, the stat stuff that uh, he maybe he shouldn't be, but I'm going to go with the Ravens here and that, that offensive line for the Browns struggling. I, I do like the Ravens to get after Baker a little bit. And then who would have thought? Reno, New England, Reno, Buffalo. <laughs> this might be the game of the week. It might be. <laughs> Bill's Mafia certainly does. Uh, I, you know, by the way, uh, you, you want to feel you want to crash through a table later? Oh, is that what uh, I, I haven't seen the video? Is that up on? Uh, is that out there now? Yeah, the Bills Mafia. You know, they always you know you see them. They always crash through tables. Oh, that's their thing. That's their thing. You know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You want you want to crash through a table? I no, I think I'll take the Patriots and, and not crash <laughs> through any tables. But I, this this is a game. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bills pull it out. Defensively, they've been all right, but last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, I really kind of expected Josh Allen and, and those guys to kind of take another leap forward offensively. They let Cincinnati back into that one, but uh, I'm going to agree with you, though. I think the Patriots 
I think it'll be close. But I think the Patriots edge this one out. Uh, Tampa Bay at LA and taking on the Rams. I mm. mean, I- I'm going to take Tampa Bay, even <laughs> though I know it's probably going to be a loss. Oh, see, this is why I'm doing better than you in picks. I will take the Rams, even though my uh, sports fandom doesn't like that. Uh, Seahawks Cardinals, pretty easy there for us. Yeah, you, you can put me down for the Seahawks on that one. I, I, I definitely did. <laughs> uh, Vikings at Bears, interesting matchup here. This is interesting. The Vikings, they've been kind of a, an interesting team so far with Cousins not throwing the ball downfield a whole lot, but Dalvin Cook looking awfully good. I I think I'm going to go with the Vikings. You go to the Vikings? Yeah. yeah. I, the Bears, they're, they're a weird team for me. They are. I don't. I don't trust Trubisky at this no, point. And just no. because they beat Washington, I think a lot of people are going to beat Washington this year. I, I think so. <laughs> and but at the same time, Minnesota does have Kirk Cousins, and you know they should have won that game against Green Bay, but Kirk Cousins decided to be Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and they didn't get. You know, they were on the bad side of a call uh, on a, a pick play in the end zone, which I think was the right call. But I can see why Vikings fans would be kind of upset about that too. Jags and the Gardner Minshew show against the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know what? It's taken me a while to get on this Gardner Minshew train, but I think I'm fully on this week. All right. All right. Who's got a better mustache? You or Gardner Minshew? <laughs> oh, Gardner. I mean, how do you even <laughs> compete with that? Uh, this is another good one. I, I, Sunday Night Football has had some pretty good games so far. Uh, Cowboys at Saints. Yeah, are the Saints going to be able to ride this hot hot streak against the Cowboys? Uh, the Cowboys are looking pretty good, though. I, I think I'm going to take Dallas in this game. I don't think the Saints can put together that same type of game that they did against the Seahawks. I wish they would have held off a week and, and done what they did to us and, and maybe done that to Dallas <laughs> instead. Fair enough. Monday night game, real quick. Pittsburgh, Bengals. Steelers. winless like, teams. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with you on that one. They're home, so I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. This I is a coin flip game for me. It really is, 50-50. Mason Rudolph, Andy Dalton. I like Andy Dalton a little more than I like Mason Rudolph at this point. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, somebody's going to get a victory, and we know they're not going to go winless. <laughs> well, unless it ends in a tie. This is very true. That's, that's happened enough this season. I hate ties. So we should really get rid of those. <laughs> My feature guest, Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episode, how do they do it? Yeah, check out Seahawkers podcast at seahawkerspodcast.com. And uh, you can go to fieldgoals.com or sbnation.com slash NFL podcast to subscribe to the show there. Brandon, always appreciate the time. Always enjoy talking to the NFL with you and making picks. Looking forward to doing this with you next week. Mm-hmm.